With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome back to the SICK Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. I know what you're thinking. Where the hell were you guys last week? Well, uh, <laughs> Grant called me last week and sounded like Darth Vader. So we decided to push the podcast a week back. Uh, I think we're feeling better now this week. So, um, and, and I know that we're feeling better because we have a very special guest coming on, that being the coach of the U.S. National Team Development Program, Nick Four. We're going to be talking about the next wave of elite American talent. As always, we're going to be touching on our Habs prospect of the week, riser of the week, and prospect of the week. However, these will be for last week. Guess what? We got another surprise in store for you. We're, we're doing another show this week. We're treating you to two shows. And we're going to be touching on the prospects for this week in another show. So stay tuned for that. So let's get started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL Draft and Scouting Podcast. It's gonna be sick. As always, I'm your host, producer Shane, joined by the not-so-sick Grant McCag, right? How, how you feeling this today? Better? No, I'm still sick, but I couldn't skip another uh, another show. Just, you know, the fans clamoring. They they had, you know, had to get their uh, draft fix. So, well, I mean, I'm a little better, but still, uh, you know, I may not sound like Darth Vader, but I look a bit, still look a bit like him, I think, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, we're we're gonna tougher. That's tougher it. Right. Power through. Um and, and as and with that, we bring on our guest, Nick Four, coach of the USNTDP. Nick, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. I hope you're you're doing a bit better than Grant here. <laughs> I, I seem to be, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> glad to hear, glad to hear. So Nick, Great. you if you're in your second uh, season as head coach of the USNTDP for the under eighteen. Uh, 13th season, however, with the program. So you've seen some pretty elite talent come through your ranks. Now this season, obviously, you got some some pretty elite players as well. Most notably, right, Cole Eiserman. Everybody's talking about him being potentially top three in the draft. But looking at the team overall, how are you guys uh, looking overall? Like, what, what's the what's the outlook? You 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 say? Yeah, you know, we've had a pretty good start to the season. We've we've been up and down a bit. We've been trying to. You know, we've had some consistency issues as a team, you know, and, and our schedule kind of lends to that. It allows us to work on that stuff a little bit, uh, you know, playing in the USHL, playing a bunch of college games and and uh, and then also the international break that we've had so far. So um, a wide range of, of, of opponents and uh, mm-hmm. we've had some some really good games and followed up by some not so good games. And um, so it's been uh, it's been that's kind of been our challenge so far is is trying to find some consistency and 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 be good game after game after game. Hmm. Thanks for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it, Nick. I uh, I noticed you're from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, kind of smack dab in the middle between Minnesota, Chicago, and Winnipeg. Did you have Did you have a favorite team growing up? You know, I did. It was interesting. Um, I, most of the NHL games I saw as a little kid were actually up in Winnipeg. 
uh, yeah. back in the back in the, the Howard Chuck days, and and uh, I remember Tamu Solani when he came in as a rookie and and being at, at some of the games he was as a as a rookie. He had a pretty good rookie year, you know. So um, I spent a lot of time up there um, and, and going to those games. It seemed to work every time Edmonton was in town with those loaded Oiler teams. Uh, we were able to get in and see them as well. We'd find a way to sneak our way in the back door to get in and see Gretzky and all those guys in a pregame skate, which was, uh, which was kind of a, a kick as a kid, you know, but uh, um, in the end, I ended up being more of a Penguin fan as it kind of progressed uh, um, and uh, really liked Mario Lemieux and, and the, the group that they had going there in the, in the early nineties. And, uh, but uh, you know, it's as somebody that's in sports all the time for me and, and coaching now specifically, um, I'm really not a fan of anywhere I'm, I'm anymore. You know, it's for me, it's, it's the, the joy for me now is I turn on an NHL game and I can watch somebody that I've coached playing in a game. Um, there's very few games now with the amount of guys I've coached here at the NTDP that, um, you know, there's very few games where there's not somebody I've coached playing in it, which is a lot of fun. I'm going to put you on the spot right away here. Uh, <laughs> being part of, part of the, uh, you know, the development team program for, uh, more than a dozen years now uh who, who's the most skilled player that you had on the team you know that's you a know? great question um and there's a lot of ways i could answer that honestly um you know i think uh um you, you know the the skill and, and what what skill are you talking about i mean there's there's probably nobody that i had that skated better on the back end than quinn hughes i mean his ability to skate and 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 move and maneuverability that he has is is really second to none you know you go to another skill of shooting a puck and you're looking at a guy like austin matthews like there's not many people that shoot the puck better than him and and uh, other than maybe the guy that that we have right now is pretty close with cole eiserman he kind of shoots it like ovechkin a little bit but i'm sure we'll talk about him later uh but but uh austin his ability to shoot and, and the things he could do was was through the roof so there's there's a lot of other ways I could go and a lot of people we could talk about, but those are those are two pretty good ones. Yeah, and Jack Hughes obviously comes to mind as well, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He would have been oh next on my God. list probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rightfully and, so. Uh, I um, yeah. Well, let's talk about Cole since you brought him up. Um, sure, I get it. He reminds me a little bit of Brett Hull. Okay. Um, just that I, I find that he, he's just, uh, you know, he wants to score goals, you know, yeah. that's his, in his DNA, he finds the open spot. I mean, that's like Ovechkin too, right? Yeah. And he has that wicked release. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe fair to say that he could still keep working on other aspects of his game and he's young, right? So there's lots of time to do that. But, uh, what do you think of? Of, of the Hull comparison, I like it. Yeah, I think it's a very good comparison, honestly. And I didn't see, I didn't see Hull at those younger ages, um, so I don't know what he was like back in those days, obviously. Um, but um, you know, just that, you know, what what he was known for, right? His shooting ability and, and what he could do. Brett Hull as a scorer, and watching him in the NHL, I could definitely see that comparison because you know that's that's what Cole's good at: it's shooting pucks and it's scoring goals, and that's he's driven to do that every day um and that's his focus um honestly and and as you said are there areas he could clean up in his game absolutely those are things that we're working on daily uh around here and and trying to make him a little bit more well-rounded of a player for sure but um you know it's funny as you the more you're around elite elite players uh there, there's a reason they're elite right and and uh you know cole works on a shot a lot uh austin matthews worked on a shot a lot um, those guys do those things. Well, that's why they're elite at those things, right? And and uh, um, Cole's elite is score. And if the puck comes off his stick different, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's hidden a little bit, if it's just harder than it looks like. Um, it, it, there's something, though, that's just different about it that goalies have a hard time with. And, um, you know, we just played a couple games this weekend against a couple of Division three college teams, a couple of the better ones. And, and uh, Cole scored a goal against one of them. And the, the, the kid ended up getting yanked after the goal went in and he's skating past our bench because it was a second period. And he's, he's looking down at his stick and there's a big black mark on it where the puck had hit it. You know, he's not used to pucks hitting them and still going through them. But uh, when Cole shoots that puck, it's, uh, 
it might hit you, but it's still going in. Um, and and it has the he has the ability for. I've seen him score more goals, you know, in in a year and a half now, where pucks actually hit the goalie and still went in the back of the net than anybody I've coached. You think he might have fifty goal uh, potential at the NHL level? Yeah, I believe he does. You know, and and obviously there's lots of things to do between now and then for him, but uh, um, it's just, you know, it's just the, the puck just it's different. Like there's an elite thing there that's just different that goalies have a hard time with, and and uh, he's so driven to score. I I think he's got that opportunity to be that type of scorer. Wow. <laughs> the um, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, Montreal Canadiens fans that, that follow the podcast, and uh, I cover the Canadians with with recruits as well. So, want to ask you about a uh, couple of kids that you would have had. Um, Lane Hudson, I mean, he's he may set records this year at the collegiate level for uh, for goals by the Frenchman. Um, what uh, what do you see his upside as at the at the uh, NHL level? Do you think he he can um, uh, become good enough to play a top four role, uh, even strength at the NHL level? Because he certainly looks like he can run an NHL power play. Yeah, I mean, I I think he he's definitely going to be able to run an NHL power play in my my opinion after uh, having him and seeing him over the years. Um, Lane's Lane's a competitive kid. Um, he works completely, works extremely hard. Probably his biggest assets are his work ethic and his compete level. Um, and, and those are, those are two good areas to start. Right. And then when you add in his talent and his ability that he has to go with it, um, that, that starts to turn into a pretty good player. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny. I've got his younger brother that plays for me currently and, and they're, they're, they're very, very similar looking on the ice, although their personalities are very, very different off the ice. Um, but, but Lane, you know, Lane's, uh, Lane's going to play. He's going to, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the NHL. I'm excited to see him when he gets to that point. Um, we actually just played against him, uh, a little bit earlier this year and, and, uh, and we're able to, to get the better of him actually. Uh, um, but, uh, but he's, well, you hey, listen with somebody like that, you take him when you can get him, Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, he came over after the game and he was like, Oh boy, he says, you guys are good. And I was like, yeah, you guys had a bit of an off night, you know, played it down a little <laughs> bit, but, but, uh, but, you know, Lane's got that ability to just, he creates plays when there's no play to be made, you know, like he's got that ability to, he's got so much deception in his game um, that he's got the ability to open up a lane to make a pass or get a puck to the net um, that, you know, just doesn't look like there's a play there to be made and he finds a way to make it. Um, and that's again, that's there's a, that's an elite attribute that very few people have, and and Lane has that ability. Well, his name is Lane, so you know, I guess. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, have you seen somebody that, uh, that breaks ankles as much as as Lane does? He just, I, I don't know that you know his feet is is uh, Twitches, yeah. at it's line. something right? Like that's a little bit what I was talking about—the deception that he throws at at mm-hmm. the that the other team as somebody's coming at him again, he looks so much different. And as hockey players, as you play the game, you get used to seeing things, right. And, and uh, um, when something looks really different, it's really hard and, and lanes different and he looks different out there and, and the, the head fakes he's able to throw um, that the way he's able to control his upper body and, and do the things he does there yet control the puck in a different manner and his feet in a different manner on the bottom end. Um, that makes it really, really hard for people to to see, and and makes it makes it hard for them to defend against them. And um, when things don't match up what you're used to seeing, it's hard to defend. And and uh, so he's he's got he's got an advantage there for sure. It, it's fair to say that uh, if you did a redraft of uh, Lane's draft year, that he would likely go higher than he did in the draft, and uh, because of that. Do you think it maybe helps Cole when it comes to the draft this year that he's probably going to go higher than Lane did because teams are saying, oh, well, he's he's kind of looks like he's going to overcome the odds of being a five nine defenseman that 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 could probably play and that it might actually help Cole on draft day 
given the, you know, the bloodlines and everything, the similarities? Yeah, I think it does help Cole. In fact, I've had that conversation with, with their dad a little bit. Um, Rob yeah. is, is, uh, is, is around a lot and, and really Great involved guy. in his kids and, 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 yeah. and the success that they've had. Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked about that. I think we were all a little disappointed that, that Lane didn't go a little bit higher. We all felt he deserved to get drafted higher. And the only reason he didn't was because of his size. Um, and, uh, you know, at this point, he's gone on to prove a lot of people wrong already. And I think there's a lot of people, as you said, would think about drafting that draft a little differently and, and where would they put him and, and, and where would they move him to based on what he's done so far. Um, and because of that, I, I agree completely. Cole's Cole's going to benefit from that. Um, and, and, and he should, um, again, Cole's a heck of a, a heck of a defenseman. Um, like I said, they're, they're, they're very similar looking. They, they're very good with the deception, the ability to open up lanes and to do some different things that way. Um, you know, and, and they have some different abilities too. You know, I think, um, as I said about Lane early, Lane really works, works his tail off. Um, and defensively, sometimes that can get you in trouble if you overwork and get yourself out of position and, and maybe go at something harder than you should. Um, and Cole's a little bit more natural that way. Cole's a little bit more patient in those situations. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the NHL guys think of him in the end. I, you know, we're just kind of starting to have conversations with NHL teams now on, on, uh, you know, getting their feedback a little bit, giving them our feedback a little bit. And, and uh, um, as the year goes, I'll start to get a better sense where I think he's going to go. But uh, I think he's he's definitely going to benefit from from what his brother's done. Excellent. You got a question for him there, uh, Shaner? Well, I'm, I'm seeing a bit of a trend here with the Coles. Uh, <laughs> you got yeah. Cole Eisenman, Cole Hudson, and Cole Caulfield, which, yeah. you know, we're all familiar with, and I bet you are as well. So, I mean, there's got to be something in the name there. I mean, in Canada, you know, it's it's Connor, right? We got the Connors. I guess in the States, it's the Coles. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good good name, I guess, if you want to name your kid uh, and you want him to be a hockey player, you know, you got, you got good choices here. Um but you know, I'd I'd be curious to learn more about the recruitment process for the the NTBP. So you're scouting the entire country, right? And and what I like about the U.S. now is that it's you know it's all over the country, right? You got players coming out of California, you got players coming out of Florida. Everyone's playing hockey now, and it's awesome. So that also deepens the pool of players to look at. So how do you go about getting the best seventeen, eighteen year olds to play in your program? Well, I think it starts with hiring good people and, and putting people in charge. And, and uh, um, we have a, a guy, Rod Braceville, who's the director of our player personnel here um, that has just taken over for Kevin Ryder, who moved on to the University of Michigan to be a, an assistant coach there. Um, and, and it's really Rod's job to go out and scour the country. Um, and he's got a staff that, that works with him, with David Nyes and, and a few other uh, guys underneath them that are out scouting. And you know, our, our process is pretty simple. Um, this year, um, they're, they're starting to look at kids born in 2009. Um, and uh, uh, so there's really one guy focusing on that. The rest of the staff is really focused on the 2008s, which is our next birth year and the next class, mm -hmm. which we will bring in here um, in March. So, um, you know, those guys are out scouting them now. Uh, we were able to see, you know, USA Hockey does, a, does their national festivals in the summer times and brings the best kids together in the summer. So we were able, as a staff, coaches and scouting staff, we're able to go there and, and see all the kids this summer. We're able to get on the ice with them, run practice with them, um, and, and just watch them play for a few days. And then, you know, from there, they our guys take on and, and just scout them all. And they're out every weekend all over the country at numerous different events. And uh, they'll narrow their field down little by little. And and by uh, February, we'll kind of get it narrowed down to about 50 kids, give or take. And we'll invite 50 kids in here for a trial camp in March. Um, we'll have about a four or five day camp here in March where we put them through a bunch of different things, off ice testing, play a lot of games. We'll do a practice or two. Um, and uh, and then we'll, we'll select uh, our next class out of there, which is uh, 23 or 24 players uh, out of that group. Uh, to keep around and, and spend the next two years with. Wow. Um, I guess uh, you, you, you're aware that there's another Hudson left defenseman coming along, Lars. 
<laughs> have you uh you, you're recruiting him yet i guess you don't really have to uh, <laughs> hire day it's kind of it's almost a given that if he's good enough he's going to be playing for the uh development team someday yeah and, and you know for me i haven't seen lars uh for a while um it's interesting um you know because they are smaller kids um you know i remember lars he was tiny uh when when we had cole come in here or not cole uh, when lane came in here a few years ago uh to start right like uh, lars was just a little guy back then so uh um he's always been a little bit more busy with his hockey path uh, over the last little bit it's uh it's been a bit since i've been uh, since i've seen him but uh i'm excited to see where he is i'm not sure where he fits or how things will go but um, our staff will sort that out and, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. But, uh, I am aware there's another one. I am. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's another couple of, uh, uh, brothers that play defense that are pretty, pretty talented in the Bumes. Um, there, I, I see them matched up on the power play together in Denver and, uh, Zeev's off to a heck of a start. Uh, I think he's almost a point of game as a, as a freshman blue lighter and, uh, I mean, I'm hearing talk that he might go top 15 in the draft if he keeps it up. Um, what uh, I guess you would have would have had him, or, or you know, last year for some time. What What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so I never really coached Zeev. He was on the other staff, but we worked okay. very, very close together, honestly. And and uh, you know, uh, we, we watch each other play a lot. We we have a lot of conversations between the two staffs around here. So um, I've seen Zeev play a lot. In fact. The year before Zeev came in here, he was playing at Shattuck St. Mary's, and and uh, we brought him in uh, over a break that they had, and he spent a week practicing with us, and and uh, was on the ice with us. So I got to know him there a bit. Um, so I've been around him a lot, um, and and more so than his brother. And they're very different players, obviously, yeah. as you watch the two of them. Um, but but Zeev's super talented. Um, you know, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, a lot of high end offensive output there from him. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a really good career here. He, he did a good job over two years here, um, and, and put up a lot of points and did a lot of really good things for, for that team. And, and, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he's doing well at Denver, you know, and, and as things, uh, you know, it's interesting. And, and I've, I've said this in some other things I've done, you know, the schedule we play here is it's really interesting because it we plays such different opponents all the time. And, and the USHL is a very highly skilled, talented league, and the, 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 but the game's a little bit chaotic, right? It's still younger kids, and they're learning how to play real hockey with structure. Um, and as they move to college and as we play college teams, we see a lot more structure, and the game actually gets a little bit easier uh, because it's more predictable and, and things. And, and I think Zeeb's probably benefiting from that, right? Like as things settle down a little bit and the game becomes more predictable and is he knows exactly where his line mates are going to be because they do it right every time, as opposed to making mistakes, you know, two out of 10 times. Right. So um, the game just gets easier in those routes. So um, it doesn't surprise me he's doing well um, and, and that he's running a power play and doing really good things there. Uh, he's a, he's a talented offensive defenseman uh, with, with a lot of upside. Yeah. Just uh, curious as a, uh, you know, as someone who's scouted for a lot of years, uh, and I mean, you know, a lot of us lament about it. That how come the uh, development team never uh, never goes to Hoika? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that would be fun, right? To to do uh, some type of best on best thing, um, which you know we really get to see a couple years later um, when we get to yeah. do twenty level. It's uh, it's True. pretty close, and I know uh, even as we look at this year's this year's tournament coming up here at the U twenties. I know Canada's going to be without a couple guys, obviously. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely, I'm assuming, going to be without Logan Cooley as well. Like, there'll be there'll be guys missing. But for the most part, you're going to see a pretty good picture of, of best on best. And and uh, I think that's where we are able to come together and, and see those moments. And um, it's a, it, that's a fun, that's a fun tournament to see. And, and love to see it at the 18 level. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll get lucky we can see it in the future. Has it been discussed? Like, I just, is there, like, what's the reasoning for it? To, well, you know? really for us here at the National Team Development Program, you know, our kids are here from, they come in at the end of August um, yeah. and they go home, they go home right. at the end of May. And it's a really long season. 
Um, and, and we, we need some time for them to be away. One, we need some time yeah. for them to spend training, uh, two. And then for us, you know, it's, we want to develop more than just the 23 here. We want to give opportunity to more than just the 23 kids that play here. We want those other kids, those next best kids. Cause as you look at the world junior team this summer, you're going to see kids that played on the Holinka teams that weren't here. Um, and the experience that they got going to that tournament is, is going to be really crucial for their success um, at the world juniors. Hmm. The um, Interesting. another thing that we grumble about us uh, scouts at location is just the, um, uh, well, I mean, there's kids that we'd like to see play more that maybe are higher ranked on scouting lists than maybe guys that, you know, be a smaller guy, for instance. Like, let's say uh, Tyra Clevin and Eamon Powell as an example, a couple of years back where, I mean, I love Eamon Powell. I had him ranked, you know, as a third-round player and uh, and thought he was excellent at the junior level. But, you know, I looked at a box score from March 2020 and, you know, Eamon played like 24 minutes and Tyler played 13. And uh, it's frustrating for scouts that, have the other guy rank higher right so you're not seeing them as much and i you know how do you strike the balance between trying to win and trying to develop and trying to have kids seen and get drafted high in the draft as, as they can you know fairly in the draft like there's that's got to be the the toughest thing for you to balance it's really hard it's it's hard to balance um i guess my first question would be in that box score, did Tyler Clevin finish the game or did he get kicked out for, for hitting something? <laughs> right? Cause that, that maybe could have happened as part of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, right. Fair uh, enough. But, uh, but uh, you know, as somebody that, that, and I ran the D on that decor um, and, and I was in charge oh, of that group. Um, so that go. was my group with, you know, Jake Sanderson, Brock Faber, you know, the mm. D pairs were Jake Sanderson and Eamon Powell. And then it was Brock Faber and Tyler Clevin where they were the, the top four and they played a lot. Um, you know, it's really hard to balance um, the whole thing. Um, it's hard to run 8D. We run 8D in our games, typically, yeah. which is, it's really, really hard. D aren't used to that. They're used to getting more touches, being on the ice and longer stints and, and more ice time. And it's hard. It's something that, it's something that's just, you know, there's no easy way around it. Um, it it's, it's difficult. Everybody wants more. Um, you know, and there's only so much time in the game. So, um, but part of our philosophy here is, you know, we're trying to develop all 23 kids that are on this roster and right. we're doing our best that we can to give them all, um, you know, good opportunity to show what they can do on a nightly basis. And um, in certain cases, that means some guys don't get as much ice time as, as maybe they deserve and they, that they've earned. And, um, but that's just a little bit of who we are and what we do. You know, we, we take the development piece really serious. And, and when we commit to the 23 kids to come here, we, we, it's, we're full in, we're, we're, we're working with all of you and we're going to spend time with all of you. We're not narrowing down our lines and our bench to a point where some guys are going to play, um, you know, 25 minutes and other guys are going to play seven. Um, that's just not how we do things. Uh, we believe in our depth. We believe in our kids. Um, and we give them all opportunity uh, to, to show the things that they can do. And, you know, in the end, the guys that grumble a little bit about wanting more of that ice time, those top guys, we just look at them and say, listen, do more with what you got. You yeah. can do more with what you have. There's you, there's plenty of plays left out on the table that, that you didn't execute on. Uh, maybe make that play next time instead and, and, and we'll be all, all good, right? So that's a little bit of our philosophy on it. Mm -hmm. You must get like, cause it's tough for, uh, you know, to evaluate from a scouting perspective, your team, cause there's so many good players. And then, you know, a kid that a scout might like may not get as much opportunity as, as you'd like to see because there's just so much talent there, you know? Um, but you, I, I, I would say that you do a good job. Uh, like even, you know, like a kid like Van Vliet this year who, you know, uh, some scouts really like, but there, there's games where he's not playing a lot. So it's harder to evaluate. But then you turn around and like Teddy Stiga, he got to play on the top line last tournament. And uh, all of a sudden you're going, oh, okay. 
this kid's uh, intriguing, you know, like uh, you didn't maybe see it earlier because he wasn't on the top line or whatever, but you, you, you interchange them quite a bit, I find, and, uh, and it helps the scouts in that way. So it's, uh, I mean, like you say, you gotta, you gotta find that balance, right? Yeah. And it's not, like I said, there's no perfect science to it. There's no simple way to do it. Um, you know, as we gear towards events, we'll start to, you know, try to try to get lines in a situation that we feel or gives us the best opportunity to win. Um, and then when we come back from those events, um, we try to open things back up and give it opportunity to all of our kids to show us how they've improved over the last little bit and how much they're going to improve over this next stint and allows us to move people around. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring those guys up. Um, my lines are completely shuffled. Teddy Stiga's in a different spot now. Lucas Van Vliet's in a different spot. So if you get yeah. out and watch us this weekend in Omaha, um, you'll see all sorts of different combinations Uh which uh, I'm really excited about because, um, again, I think it shows to our depth and, and, and the depth that we have in our players and, and uh, allows us to, to put people in a lot of different situations. Mm, I, have, I have an Instat uh, subscription, and unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of your games, a lot of your games are, don't seem to be getting on there. I, you know, there's, been, there's only like eight games up this year or something, so that makes it a little more difficult too. I know I'm doing yeah, a lot of grumbling here. But. Yeah, it does for sure. I, <laughs> I don't know exactly the reason for that. I, I know that we utilize some different uh, companies uh, in a right. lot of cases for a lot of the things that we do here. Um, but uh, maybe we just need to play different opponents that have that already because those would be the games yeah. I think that are up there. So I, I've been told that uh, uh, Zemer uh, is a kid that um, the coaching staff uh, really likes and that he might be someone that uh, to keep a close eye on as the year goes along here, just his all around game and, and character. Yeah. Brody's a great kid. Um, he's, he's wearing our, our C right now. He's, he's been our captain most of the year uh, and uh, doing a great job for us. Um, he was really great for us last year too, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's, he's kind of that Swiss army knife for us. Uh, you can, you can play him really up and down your lineup anywhere. Um, it doesn't change who he is or what he does or what he brings to the team. Um, you know, he can play on the power play. He's done a great job at the net front for us on the power play and, and making plays down there, coming up with pucks for us, screening the goalie when it's time, um, all, all those sorts of things. And then we can use him killing penalties too. He's super dependable. And, um, you know, he's just a, he's a great a kid and, and works extremely hard and just has, uh, a great approach to him every day. He's, he's locked in to get better. And, and I walk into a room to, to have a meeting with my guys. Uh, I can guarantee at some point I'm going to lock on to Brody Zemer. He's going to be as focused as anybody in the room and, and, and taking every syllable that I say in. And, uh, mm. um, you know, the guys that lock in that way and are overly committed that way, those guys tend to do really well here. And, and it's not a surprise that he's doing, doing really well. Is uh, I noticed that Plant missed the last uh, tournament. Is he? Is there any timeline? Is he back, or is there a timeline on when he'd be back? Or? So we will have him back this weekend. Uh, it'll be his first weekend back, and we're excited okay. to have him back in there. Um, and that allowed us and gave us an extra body there. So we're going to run thirteen forwards and eight D this weekend in Omaha, cool. and uh, a lot of bodies to try to work into the into the game. But uh, um, it gives us some different flexibility with coaches or for our coaches and with our lines. And, and uh, that that's a little bit of what helped allow us to shuffle our deck a little bit uh, with our lines all up. So uh, I'm excited to see Max. Max has been skating the entire time. He had an upper body injury and, and he's been doing just fine. He's been on the ice. So I don't expect there to be any, any lull in his game at all. And, and uh, um, he's just a, he's a great kid to be around. He's a, he's got a, as a super personality um and uh we've missed his personality in our locker room um and we're excited to have him back hmm. so, so who's playing with uh hagan's uh, this weekend then um max is actually we put max with with james and uh, that's where lucas van Vliet's going to go as well so oh uh, good could be a really really interesting line so the grumbling's going to stop this weekend on Van Vliet. <laughs> well, we'll see, right? Who knows? They might grumble more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've been impressed by Emery on defense. I think yeah. uh, 
I think he's a really, uh, a really good prospect that by the end of the year, perhaps might even be looked at in the first round. What are you uh, hearing and what, what do you see with him? EJ is, is an, an excellent defenseman. Um, he is, uh, um, he's a super athletic kid, um, big kid. He's six, three. Um, reminds me a lot of somebody that I coached here a few years back that's an everyday or in the NHL now um, playing for the New York Rangers. Um, you guys might be able to, can you pick out who I'm talking about? One plus Calendary. one equals two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so very, very similar uh, skill set there. Big, tall, skate like the wind, cover a lot of distance, mm-hmm. long, um, defend really well, physical, um, very, very similar players, um, and, and that's really my big comparable for EJ Emery. That's that's why I wow. think he is, and I think he can be. And EJ is a little bit further behind Keandre in the growth and development window. Like he's still, still a little bit of a skinny punk, honestly. Like his his legs are tiny still. Uh, um, he's he's got to fill out a little bit, but his body's just not ready. And that's one of the things I found here mm-hmm. too over the years. Some guys are ready to grow and and fill out and take so on muscle mass and. Some guys aren't, and his he's just not quite there yet, growth development wise, and that's okay. It's going to come eventually. Um, his dad actually was a played in the in the CFL uh, back in the day, and and so okay. it was a linebacker. So um, EJ's got some size to him, and and so wow. he's going to fill out at some point um, a little bit more than he than he is currently. And uh, but his game is great. He's doing a lot of really good things for us. His he's he might be. I think he's listed based on some of the testing we've done. Um, in fact, the, we played a game in Finland against Finland on that last trip. And in that game, they put sensors on all the kids, both teams, and they had all the data up on the board, the, the big jumbotron, of, you know, the hardest shot and who took it and for each team and the fastest skater and all that stuff. And EJ was second on our team in skating speed in the game. Um, and, and he can really, really go. Um, and it's, it's fun to watch him. Like he gets out there. Um, Brennan McMorrow on our team is a really fast forward winger yeah. that can just fly and, um, he can hang in there with him. And, and uh, there's not many people that can put Brendan in a tough spot cause he can usually skate his way out of it. But, but EJ can, um, he's the one guy that can do that because of his skating ability. So, um, he, he's a great defenseman, got a bright future in front of him. Um, he, he's, he's got a really good attitude about himself. Um, he's, he's a driven kid that wants to get better every day. He's usually banging on our doors, uh, to watch video quite consistently with the uh, coach Gilroy and, and uh, doing, doing a lot of stuff to try to get better there. Uh, um, so uh, bright future for him um, and excited for what he can be. Mm, excellent. Well, I think we should wrap her up here. Uh, we've taken enough of your time. Uh, really appreciate yeah, you. You have important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like get on the bus to go to Omaha tonight. I can't wait. Ooh. So was McMorrow the fastest then? Uh, he was, yeah. McMorrow was the fastest, and then it was EJ, and I don't remember who was third. But okay. I think it was Baker. I think it was Austin Baker was third. So okay, yeah, they can those those guys can scoot around the rink pretty good. So, well, I mean, I could ask you, you know, there's a bunch of guys like more I could ask you about, but we'd be here for uh, an hour or more. So, really appreciate you uh, taking the time, and best of luck the rest of the year. Awesome. So you play Canada. You play Canada. That's that's fair enough. We'll take that. I'll take that. No problem. Um, It's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Thank you, Nick. Take care. All right, Nick, for head coach for the U.S. National Development Team program. Uh, Great conversation. Learned a lot there. Uh, Grant, let's get to it. Habs prospect of the week. Also happens to be an American playing for Boston College. Last week was the prospect of the week. You know, a little confusing, yeah. but last week, prospect of the week for the Habs. Yeah. Let's take a look. And he, he had a good week this week, too, because he was named the uh, goaltender of the week in the NCAA. So, uh, That's great. Fowler's been excellent. He had a uh, 36 save shutout last week. So that's mm. kind of – and here's, uh, here's some of the more uh, notable saves that he made in that game. Like, it's not like they're all from the, you know – from the red line, he uh, he was stellar. Um, he's been uh, amazing. He's 11-2-1 so far this year. I had a look back at uh, his last three years, and uh, 
He's won 57, I think, I believe it's 57, 17, and 3, which is like a 735 wow. win percentage that he has over the last three years. Jeez. So he's just a winner. The kid wins. He yeah. won the uh, he won the Clark Cup l- last year in the Youngstown, you know, as a as a draft eligible goalie. So as a kid, uh, mm-hmm. South Kent High School before that and was lights out too. Um, he, uh, he he's um, first in wins and third in save percentage as a freshman goalie in all of the NCAA. So wow. uh, when you look at where the Canadians grabbed him in the draft and what, what he's done since, you have to be pretty impressed by uh, by what uh, that they were able to get him where they did. And that's I mean, right. There was concern about his, uh, uh, his athletic ability. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the most important athletic ability for a goalie is that you stop pucks. And that's what mm-hmm. he does uh, better than anybody from the draft class. So uh, I think that they got to, you know, I keep coming back to Tim Thomas as a, just so competitive and smart and uh, yeah. just wins games, important games. And I think mm-hmm. that they've got, uh, they've got a kid that's going to be, you know, that type of goalie that beats the odds a little bit, be, you know, because he's not the – whatever leanest tallest uh doesn't have the typical goalie uh shape i guess you could say but he's working on that too and and is has only improved in that category um he's uh he's he's uh, exceeded all expectations and just another example of you know you we see a lot of uh, criticism you know uh people posting uh videos of an 18 year old defenseman uh that makes the odd mistake in the swiss league you know like Whatever. in Rhinebacker <laughs> and that, like you can cherry pick any player especially yeah. an 18 year old defenseman playing in a pro league yeah he's gonna make the odd mistake but you know these claims that montreal somehow since the new staff has come in bob robin out have drafted poorly i mean wow well we've seen how slavkovsky's come on does he look like a bad pick now? I don't think so. Uh, does Lane Hudson look like a bad pick? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way Meshar's come on, you know, there were talks, oh, he's a bust earlier in the year. Uh, no. Um, Owen Beck? No. Uh, I mean, you can go on and on. Uh, Florian Jackai even. Yeah. You know. Uh, guy's looking insane. Yeah. No, I mean, there. I can name 10 guys that, look like they were good picks you know so uh you got to be patient um there's going to be ups and downs they're kids they're teenagers uh you know what what it looked like in september looks completely different for several guys in november mm-hmm. so you you don't go game by game or week by week or month by month yeah you, you, you just uh you want to see improvement from uh, your uh, your draft prospects, and uh, we've seen that in spades with Montreal's last two draft classes. So, I, actually, I think that they drafted quite well uh, since Bobrov came on, and since Hughes has been GM. So, I think it's uh, you know, in, in addition to the last three drafts that Timmins and and uh, and Bergeron had, which are looking more and more impressive all the time. You know, you see Jaden Struble come in and Ooh. and play as solidly as as he did, and uh, yeah. all the kids that have uh, that have developed. It's uh, it's just extremely promising for the Canadians' uh, future going down the road here. That's right. Yeah. So Jacob Fowler, Habs prospect of the week. It's never a bad thing when you get compared to a, a Stanley Cup champion and a couple of time Vesna winner. So. That's a, that's a fairly good comparison there with yeah. Tim Thomas. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So Habs fans would like that too. Uh, moving on to riser of the week this, well, last week. Riser of last week is that's Rasmus right. Ekstrom. Let's talk about him. Well, he's a kid that I uh, 
I was kind of on an island last year. I, I ranked him. I really liked him. And he didn't get drafted in the NHL. So it's his second go-round. But uh, Spokane picked him in the uh, import draft. And it's funny, uh, his uh, dad, Parr, got in touch with me in the summer because, uh, uh, well, last spring, because I was the only one that was uh, ever uh, <laughs> saying anything about him. You know, I was talking about him and saying, hey, this kid looks good. He should be drafted. And uh, when they took him in the import draft, uh, he emailed me or DM'd me and said, you know, like, what's this mean? Well, it means that... <laughs> means that there's a junior team that wants your son to yeah. come over. Wow. And I, I, I got in touch with Matt Bardsley, who was our first ever guest, yeah. you know, Spokane's GM, said, hey, this, you know, uh, the father is wondering what's going on here. So I, I, I got them in touch with each other and obviously he talked them into coming over. It was only, I guess, three weeks ago or so that he finally came over. Uh, but look at these highlights. I mean, he's – and I talked to Matt uh, Bardsley last week, and he just said he's got excellent pro, uh, you know. He, he plays like a pro already. Yeah. Now, they, they're playing him like 20 to 23 minutes a game, killing penalties, taking all important draws. And this is his first month in North America, you know, as a WHL wow. freshman. So he had like six points in three games last week. And then uh, this week, and I, again, I got a DM from his uh, dad. <laughs> so, you know, fastest two goals in Spokane uh, history this past week. Mm -hmm. Scored two goals in a 13 or 14 second span. Wow. Which was kind of cool. So uh, I'm just, uh, I couldn't be happier for the kid because I think that he was overlooked last year and that he should have been drafted. And I think... Uh, you know, from what we're seeing here and the way he's already adapted to uh, North American Junior um, in his first month, that the sky's the limit on this kid. And I think NHL scouts are already taking notice and that, that uh, I think that he gets, he'll get picked this time around, hopefully in the top four rounds. I've, I've got him, uh, I've got him in my mid rounds now. Mm -hmm. And if he keeps uh, playing a good all around game that he, that we've seen so far already, uh, you know, maybe he's a third round guy uh, as a, as an undrafted player. So uh, good for him. And he's my, he's my sleeper uh, of last week. Fantastic. Uh, Rasmus Ekstrom, good stuff there. So prospect of last week, we mentioned him earlier in the show. Zeev. Buum. Zeev Buum, again, an all-timer name. This draft class is loaded with good names. I love it. But this guy is living up to, to the cool name, and he's actually a really good player. <laughs> yeah. he's uh, His brother, Shy, got uh, drafted a couple of years ago. Uh, Shy's like 6'2", uh, and, and uh, Zeev's 5'11". So you hope that maybe he has the, you know, the growth spurt that the, that the brother had. But uh, he's... Um, He's come into uh, college hockey as a freshman, and um, I mean he's taken it by storm. He's he's averaging close to a point a game, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that and that's in your draft year. To uh, look at the shiftiness, he's got uh, he's got a little bit of Hudson uh, shiftiness in him. Yeah. <laughs> he's but uh, he's running Denver's power play already as a freshman, as a young, you know, just just joined the team and uh he's uh but very smart reads the plays look at the you know how we broke up the play there very good skater very smart very good offensive skills he looks like he's got nhl power play potential and that always will get you uh it will get a lot of intrigue at uh That's it. from the scouts so um he had a great week last week and um rising up the the draft rankings i've there there are some rumblings that he might be a top 15 pick at this point wow on some on some nhl teams list so uh great to see that there's another look at the jukes hey he's just so smooth 
and mm. nice goal too. So he's uh, he's a great uh, looking offensive defenseman that that that's mobile, and uh, by the looks of things, he's going to um, he's certainly going to be a first round pick. And if he if he keeps on producing like he is anywhere near a point per game like he has so far this year, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he went top fifteen. So yet another defenseman that's impressing this year and that looks like uh you know it's it just I, I love the defense crop this year i think that there's yeah. uh there's 10 to 15 defensemen that might you know be, might go in the first round and uh after last year that's quite a difference so getting pretty excited about uh about the defense crop this year and uh you know, um, it's just, well, you, the highlights keep going on and on here. It just, uh, <laughs> this, is, from, yeah. this is only in like, uh, you know, what, 10 college games. You oh see God. all of these nice plays he's making. So, uh, mm -hmm. very excited about him. And I think that, uh, uh, the scouts are going to be getting out to a lot of Denver games this this year to to see the kid because he's uh he's an exciting prospect yeah big time big time i like i like those highlights a lot so that, that's really good zeve buham prospect of last week um so all right so thank you to nick for for taking the time to speak with us a lot of insightful stuff uh, again the usntdp is a factory in in all stars nowadays so uh, it's definitely something to keep a close eye on, and it's nice to get some insights from the head coach himself. Um, that about wraps it up, but guess what? We got a second show this week because we're feeling generous. Uh, we're compensating for missing last week, so keep an eye on that. As always, go subscribe to Recruits.ca, right? This show is only an extension of Recruits.ca. All the good stuff that's on there from Hab stuff, draft stuff. Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, did you upload a new ranking? Yeah, we're going to uh, touch on that in this week's uh, podcast. There you go. So if you want to take a look at that, I invite you to go check out recruits.ca. As always, you're more than welcome to subscribe and like this video. Comment down below how you liked it. Any criticism, any constructive comments, any topics you'd like us to touch on, let us know. We do read the comments. And Grant, any final comments you'd like to jump in? Ooh, well, I... Uh... The second we get off this, I'm going to go blow my nose. So, um, <laughs> uh, all right, then let's wrap it up. <laughs> apologies if there's, you know, I'm sniffing a little bit here and I'm trying not to, but I, uh, I best be going. Fantastic. All right. So, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all very soon. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.